0: Warning, this episode contains explicit content, please proceed with caution. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Whiskey Sex Talk. We are your hosts. I'm Romeo.
1: And I'm Maria.
0: She believes BDSM and kink are healthy outlets for aggression, imagination, and attention, and deserves a voice in the, the sexual wellness conversation. With a decade's worth of first-hand experiences working with industry professionals and sex therapists, as well as receiving public and private education, Dana... Dana helps people curious about BDSM and kink enter the play safer by teaching them the basics and the importance of having a healthy outlet for a hashtag a hashtag a I a Dana welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be back. So last time we spoke, you gave us the kind of like the basics of BDSM. But now we're going to dive a little bit deeper. And Dana, why is aggression imagination, and attention, healthy outlets within BDSM and kink?
2: Uh, Because it's an outlet that we all need. So how I feel about AIA and just aggression, attention, and imagination in general is that humans need that. Adults need that um, to have a more fulfilling life. And if you don't have an outlet for one of these things, it will harm your self development you won't be able to really progress through these things and so you can find different types of outlets for these in various ways but i shine light the fact that you can use bdsm and kink if you choose to as an outlet as long as you follow the basics
0: wow so so what is so what you're teaching you're you and you're with as a coach as 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 a, as a uh, kink uh, wellness coach how, what, what are the, can you kind of take us behind the veil for a little, like a little piece? Yeah. So for,
2: <laughs> if we want to break it down into each section, so yeah. for aggression, for instance, this is a natural universal human emotion that we all experience. So for aggression, this is something that is supposed to protect us. It kind of flares up when we feel that our boundaries are being pushed. If we feel that something is being crossed or we're being disrespected. So It can show up, but we also live kind of in this age where we can be kind of aggressive at work by these micro things, by having to pretend to be nice to people that are being mean to us and things like that. So it can build up um, eventually like throughout the day. And so you need kind of that, that play, that aggressive play, at least in my experience, like I believe that playing aggressively, even though it might be aggressive, it's still playing. So that's kind of my version of how I get the aggression out. So, like even with that, like a, a relating aggression back to playing, it's I was kind of a rougher child. Like I liked play fighting. I grew up with brother um, that I liked to play rough with, and so going into my adult years, I I still like playing rough because I don't consider myself a fragile person.
0: Hmm. Huh. And do you think that a lot of people have that in them? Like it's an innate thing to, to have like the aggression. And I don't mean like an aggression, like how we're thinking about it, but you think that within people, there's a a sexual aggression that we all want to kind of just, uh, it's in us like that primal, um, it's primal.
2: Well, that's the thing, like aggression. I think it, when people might think of it, like there are degrees of it. We can maybe all relate to the fact that there's been people that have made us so angry inside and so boiled up and we just want to kind of like tear their head off and all of those feelings are building up inside of us, but you can't do anything about it in the moment. So it's not so much, um, a, we have to learn to control our aggression, but in able to control our aggression, we can't be afraid of it. Right. So you have to put yourself in little instances where you can meet it slowly and whether that's through sports or contact sports or through BDSM and kink, it is healthy to meet it uh, at a level playing field where you can meet in
0: the middle. So in other words, we have to find ways. So you're, you're teaching people how to channel that and kind of fine tune it to a way where it is a healthy, healthy um, aggression will become something healthy that you can apply within the bedroom or, or however you play. Yeah, um,
2: absolutely. And when you learn your, how to have balanced relationship with aggression and through BDSM and kink, it that's what you can use to fuel so many other things that spill into other avenues of your life. So, for instance, aggression can help you with your courage and your self-reliance and your self-sense ownership. And because aggression can be used as kind of like a fuel source um, to tap into when you need it.
0: I find that fascinating because... Here's my observation, um, for example, people, right, we talked about this, that um, normally like in, 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 in the BDSM, like people who are in power positions in the world are tend to lean more for the sub um, type of um, roles within uh, BDSM. But aggression is actually good for. I think it's a positive thing because here you are in a, in a, in a very very vulnerable space, and when I mean vulnerable, I mean like we're, you're in, in an intimate environment where you know it could lead to sex. But for the people like, let's say you're meek. I don't say meek. You're 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 more reserved, and you're more in control, and you're shy. You're, sh- thank you, Marie. Shy. <laughs> uh, here is the opportunity uh, to kind of like be a totally different person you get.
2: Yeah. To your point about totally different person, it's that's what the polarity of our lives are is to experience it. So to eliminate anything to do with kind of this aggression or where your heart is pumping and you know, you're getting your teeth red and all of this emotions are going up. Like I feel that it can be fun for some of us. It can be fun. Um, Especially if, like I find it obviously fun. I think that BDSM and kink, you can have fun being angry if you do it safely. Right,
0: right, right, right. And that's always fun. You know, here's what I find interesting because you're talking about aggression and how I'm translating how I see it. Okay, let, I'm going to use an example. I'm an actor, Marie is an, a- an actress. And in, in the entertainment industry, we're, we can take individuals, specifically like superstars, let's say uh, artists, uh, vocal artists, they can be like the very most shy person in the room but the moment they hit the stage they are on it's a different person they're more aggressive there's that sexuality there's that appeal they're totally it's the same thing same concept what you're saying but it's 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 the same thing and i find that fascinating that we do this in in reality like how many times do we see people right in life out there where in the boardrooms or in, in in positions where you're respected or you have a title, you you're this person, this different person, and then uh, then you might be like the most quiet person out there. And uh, well, yeah, <clears throat> I it's, like it's
2: beautiful. Like that's the thing. I, I, people are so multidimensional. Like there's right. so many versions of us, and that's the thing. Also, it's not just necessarily about like even actors or stage performers or public speakers. There's people where if you put them in a situation where they're comfortable, like maybe they might be more comfortable with certain people so they can show different sides of themselves. And then maybe there's other types of people or maybe with their partner where they can show the other sides of themselves that they're not putting out there to their day-to-day. Because aggression is such, like, again, it's like a universal thing. We can't sit here and say that we don't get some sort of (coughs) anger sometimes.
0: So now that we understand aggression now take us to imagination.
2: Yes, so imagination in my opinion is something that everybody uses but they might not necessarily realize that they're using it. A lot of people when they don't have their checked emotions or or sorry, imagination, they kind of let it run wild and instead of imagining all the positive person positive possibilities that can happen to them They'll kind of envision the negative sides. And so through BDSM and kink, you can kind of change the narrative on that. You can give yourself a space where you can use that imagination to put yourself in either positive situations, rewrite stories. You can use your imagination to connect you to your shadow self. That's a big one to connect you to the other versions of yourself. And you also need imagination for self-development too, Without self-development, without imagination through your self-development, you're you're unable to creatively problem solve. And I find that there's a lot of situations where we're in where if we just had a little bit of imagination and creativity and think outside the box, we'd be able to maybe fix that problem ourselves.
0: That's very – I think that's huge only because we live in a world, right, where we're all operating either we're on autopilot and we're going to work, we're doing what we got to do, and there's no room for imagination because we're being spoon-fed, right? We're seeing the, the videos. We're seeing where everything's there for us, and we really don't have any me time where we can just like doze off or daydream and really – and I like that you incorporate imagination in, in in BDSM as part of your 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 program because, um, I think that and it's and I'll, let me backtrack here. It's interesting that um there was a report that I read. Ugh, dang it, I should have written this down. But they I, I read a published report that most Americans – Oh, I have it here. Hold on. Most Americans are so un. They're not happy with their sexual lives. They are no. very, very miserable. They did a survey that was conducted, and yes, it's skewed. But but the bottom line is, I'm not trying to pull numbers here. But the bottom line is, is that it's a lot of it has to do where people don't we're we've gone so lazy. Like it's no one even wants to bother and 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 extend that imagination. You're okay. You're married for 50 years. Oh, okay. Well, you know. Listen, I'm not, I'm not throwing, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus here, but I'm saying that you get just, you just get, you just get caught up in the mundane of life, and you think that okay, I've been with this person, there's nothing more, but you can reignite these things, and imagination is that's the only place, you know, as kids, there's this famous yeah. book. I'm sorry, Maria. You I were was actually about
1: to mention how easily it came to us as, ch- as when we were children. That's all children ever do is imaginative play, and that's the core of healthy development for children right if you know anything
2: point absolutely i would like yeah to add to your point and that's the thing we it's not something that ever goes away and we live in a society where it's like only children somehow have this imagination right right but the thing is we've kind of built these subtle things where it just goes a little bit little bit little bit but our imagination doesn't necessarily retreat, kind of retreats into hibernation for the ones that aren't using it, right. but it's a skill that needs to be exercised.
0: Right. And, 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 and here's the thing is that, um, th- there's this book when I was a kid, my mom used to read it, the little prince, Le Petite prince, uh, prince. I think that's what it of is in, in, in French. Yeah. And the yeah. opening chapter is about him saying, when I was a little kid, I used to love drawing. And he talks about that and he draws this thing that it looks like, to the adult, that it's a hat. But when but it's it, actually an elephant. It's, it, oh. it, it, yeah, it's a snake that swallowed the elephant. And he talks yeah. about yeah. this. He talks about this. He says that as we get older, we lose. That mo- that childness of imagination, and that 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 thing that spark us. Heck, I'm an actor. I, I do comedy. I have to go to. I have to go learn improv just to learn how to be imaginative because we we live in a world of structure and every and we can't deviate because then you might be a little crazy or you might be just eccentric or whatever it is. But it's so important, and I like that you incorporate that. And BDSM has this thing where you, at least your program imagination you can go back into that and okay let's say you're into role playing you can play doctor again you can be the sexy nurse the intern you know whatever you can really unleash that side and truly truly find some form of 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 sexual wellness and be happy and smile and have that glow yeah
2: But it's it's I think we also as adults need to understand that the habits that we do are limiting our imagination. If you fall into the category where there's a silence and you reach for your phone, you're like blocking that ability to exercise your imagination because you just constantly need something else to stimulate you. You are losing the ability to kind of make yourself happy in a way like imagination can make us happy. It can make us joyful if it's used correctly, of course. Uh, But if you're looking at your phone every time, you kind of rob yourself of that opportunity to kind of daydream and tap into that
0: imagination. You know, it's funny that you mentioned the whole cell phone thing because I, I have a bedroom rule. Uh, whoever's coming into my bedroom, I do not allow any cell phones. I have no TV. I have nothing because the bedroom is a for sleep or for fun or for whatever it is that you're intended, you know, whatever your, 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 your point of view is, but that's really what it is because what ends up happening, uh, you, you know, we've all been in those situations. You go to someone house, you hook up with someone, you have, well, you have a partner where they have a TV in the, in the bedroom. And then, they have the phone connected to next on on the nightstand and then they go into bed and boom everybody's on their phone why why are we on our phone we, we're so busy every day and we complain that we're not getting laid and we're not happy we, you can use those 10 minutes or those 5 minutes of having some sort of imaginative simulation in the bedroom yeah. i'm so baffled when people have TVs nowadays like i have nothing in my you know i'll have a book when i'm reading but really nothing because it's I feel like it's so disruptive to that environment that I'm trying to preserve and create a space where I can utilize imagination let's just say Um, yeah
2: it's like just the attention span for it because imagination sometimes when you're not used to using it it can be difficult like you're kind of sitting there being like what do I even want to imagine like where do I even start like it can be uh, a little bit overwhelming when you're so used to being fed content to you and the thing is when, when you're watching content especially because the times times of it are so short you're ingesting so much of this information not realizing it weighs heavy on your just in general of your thought and people are like oh I have brain fog and it's like did you just zap in a whole source of information you didn't need to is that why like that might be part of it
0: you know, this is. I'm gonna insert a, a little PSA here. This is why I'm so anti-porn. The porn industry is great. Fans only is great. I mean, I, I there's a whole study that you know.
1: Only fans. Uh, <laughs> only
0: fans. I'm. Um, clearly, no. I don't. I'm not on that. But um, only <laughs> well, fans. Uh, some big there's thing. there's some positive things which I'll cover this and on this season. But porn kills the sexual imagination. They. It's. It just. It. You die, and it's so like no like. Go be with your partner. Go be with your significant other. Stop just doing that. You know, it's just it, it's killing everything, every imaginative thing, because they're so it's so graphic. You know, but so imagination. You told us um, the important uh, importance of it, but like, can people go a little bit too far with their imagination? And I think I might know that answer, but I mean. If it? you are doing something
2: consentingly and everyone involved is on the same page, aware, our understanding of the desired outcomes, turnoffs and triggers, your nonverbal, your verbal, all of the basics have been covered. Right. If two people are willing to understand the risks, if there are risks that they're going with with their imagination and they consentingly act in that like risk-aware, consensual kink, so rack of activity, then that's a responsibility up to the individual to take on. I think that um, it's when you step out and you use your imagination against to harm someone intentionally or unconsensually, that's where it's wrong. Like, that's where the line really is.
0: Well, that's where I think I've read about BDSM that um, it's consent is such an important thing. And if there's no consent, there's that kind of was that rape? Was it, was that a violation? Did the person, you know, it, there's that fine line, right? Where consent is the key thing here, and the, the most uh, the most important word is that you go mm-hmm. into. Hence, what you you when you told us through the basics that you people draft these contracts because that you got to make sure you, we're all are we all on the same page here? You know, it's not like hey, mm-hmm. you know, you're on this now. So what's up with attention? How what hell? Tell me more about this. <laughs>
2: attention is powerful, extremely powerful, because the, the attention that we receive as growing up as adults, like everywhere in every stage of our life has the power to either build us up or tear us down. So depending on what type of attention that you received as a child, it will influence your decisions as you move forward in life. So if you were someone where we're raised, where you didn't receive a lot of a positive attention, you can use BDSM and kink to not like to kind of balance it out where you can receive that type of attention. So, um, what I like to say is it's not wrong to ask your partner for undivided attention. You need that to create that intimacy, um, in partnership, but also attention isn't so much about always receiving. Like I love giving attention. That's, part of um the one of the reasons why i like being submissive like i want to serve like there's a part of me that wants to serve someone who's worthy of it because then i know that i'm going to get like in theory like the attention back that i receive that i like that helps me be more empowered so attention you can use it even to my main points are always discipline care protection love passion whatever you want you can ask for
0: um you mentioned something very. I love that you you touched on this because who would have think that you can apply something that you? I think you mentioned it in the first episode uh, the 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 basics about um, tapping into the emotions that we need. You know that we can apply. Like, what do you need? What do you want? On Vice, I think I mentioned about the Vice uh, the BDSM video that's out there on the finances of Vice. She talks about that. You know she she's a she she's a kink in wellness, but she talks about how the attention. What men, these men, she normally, I guess she deals with white men, but they feel, she's a black woman, that when they see her out and about and they want to pay for her drinks, they want to do that. And she goes, I need this type of a, t-. she talks about like a little, she goes into more details about it. But here's an example of like how there's no sex involved, but you're, they're still playing. Um, they're still part of same. And she says, listen, this is helping them Um, find closure for whatever it is the reason is into kind of uh, you know the whole because they feel so bad because of reparation and everything that you know their ancestors did so they're doing something here that is binding them and and it's connecting them but yet they are kind of it's helping them emotionally and they don't feel neglected in that aspect um so can you tell me like typical things in, in BDSM, like like attention? What's one typical or the one dominant thing that you see a pattern most people like to do in the attention uh, thing of, 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 of your uh, program?
2: I, I think it's, I actually feel that actually people have a lot of struggle actually asking for attention. I feel like it's actually one of the, the more difficult things to kind of grasp. Um, really? I have to talk to people and say, you can give yourself permission to ask like this is something that you're allowed to do you don't have to walk around not asking for the type of attention like this also it goes into your self-respect and self-love because once you start to identify which attentions you like and don't like and you reflect on that you might actually might notice you're in situations where you don't like the attention that you're receiving and it can allow you to change that and say, you know what? I actually don't like that particular attention, but I do like this attention and vice versa. And it doesn't always have to make sense for everyone. So for instance, like if I openly say like, I like to submit, I'm a submissive. Somebody might say, I would never want that type of attention. I don't want to. So it's not that everyone wants to receive the same type of attention. Right, That's right, right. An, it's all individual of how we were raised, the influences, the habits that we have currently right now. And what we're looking to really obtain and get out of the situation.
0: It, there's a little bit of transactional thing that you, you said something interesting that, you know, it's, it's very hard for people to to ask for attention or specifically what they want. When you said that, what I was thinking, I was just like, you know, I can see that because how often are we put in a situation or how often are we were we're asked you can ask what you want and you'll get it. You know, it's, it doesn't happen. It does not happen. Like who, and if it does yeah. good for you, you're lucky, you know, but literally. That's a good
1: point that you make actually. Cause I, th- Mario, cause, uh, Romeo. Oh, Romeo sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, because it's, it's really funny because people assume, you know, um, that they will get what they want or their partner will know automatically. But I think one of the key things about getting the love and the respect and everything that it is that you want is actually knowing how to ask for it. Because essentially, my firm belief is that you teach people how to treat you, how to love you, and how to approach you. It's not something that necessarily other people will know because we as humans tend to project sort of our own ideas onto other people. So if this is how you feel, this is the attention you like, then automatically selfishly sometimes we say, right. "Oh, okay. Well, that must be the same for the other person." So this is uh this is a key thing where communication is key and people are really hesitant a lot of the time to ask for what ask they them. want and just say what they like, say what they don't. They're meek, oh, you know, they're afraid, but really Um, This is a really key thing. You, you teach people how to love you and a lot of philosophers and a lot of um, therapists and psychologists will actually always also tell you that you need to learn how to just be okay with asking and be fine with it.
0: Right. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Sorry. And, and be okay. And to your point, absolutely. I think that people need to understand as well, like it, it, I feel like sometimes in couples, they'll be nervous to ask their partner in fear of like letting them down or making them feel bad because it's really, they don't, I feel like people at general really don't want to hurt other people. Um, But getting constructive criticism sometimes uh, can be hard as well. Like when you're asking for a specific type of attention, sometimes it can come off as a criticism, even though it's not. Um, And importance, communication,
0: always, always, always. Well, you know, in the real world, if you let's say we operated like how what you said attention, and we operate like this in the real world, it's what Maria says. People might be like, "You're selfish." You're this. Like, we already have this. Um, I want to say there's this emo. There's this. There's this stamp on the emotional uh, reality. Uh, if I'm making any sense here, this there's, there's this there's this there's this fear or this. Uh, um, well, I
2: I think it's actually looked down upon to right. ask for what you that's want. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. think that, yeah, like there's this sense of you are selfish if you ask for what you want. Like why should you, you should be grateful for what you have. You should, and we, and that's the problem. Just because you want to aspire for more or or get more out of your life or out of your relationships or give more into your relationships, that's not selfish. And if it's selfish in a good way. Like we are allowed to take care of ourselves, And if someone deems that as selfishness, It's not. It's not selfish to take care of your needs on
0: emotional, sexual level either. 100%. No,
1: it's a healthy thing to be clear, I think, about what you like, what you dislike, what you're not sure about. And, you know, communicate that very clearly and directly to. um, Instead of, you know, having all of these expectations of other people thinking they're going to go and fulfill our needs. But how are they going to do that if that's not being put out there and communicated by you you know to to think it's a it's a kind of a very simple thing that many people just overlook I think
2: it yes it's it's a simple thing but if we bring it back to aggression like you still that's the thing people um, are timid and shy against their own aggression and that's what you need you need a little bit of Fire to stand your boundaries. You need a little bit of that aggression to speak your word, and I think people confuse it as it needs to be like this violence or something. And but it's—I mean it more in the sense of empowerment, like empowerment right. to speak into your voice, to step into your body, to step into your purpose of what you want to do, especially in your sexual life.
0: Sexual confidence is 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 is, is really that's what that's what it is. You know, you uh, how many times we've we've met people where they're so confident and they do things, and you're just like, what? Who is this part? You know, And but you're so, at it's not not bad, because they're so authentically themselves, they know themselves, Mm -hmm. they know themselves sexually, and it's just, to the rest of us, it's like, so puzzling, it's like, what are you? And it's that je ne sais quoi they call, right? Where it's this thing that, there are people that operate that, and they're so mesmerizing, why? Because they know this, they know these rules, but listen, we don't have to be like these individuals. We, there's, this is why there's such amazing, um, we have your, there's king coaches like, like, like you that, that help people. But this is the thing too. This is, this is, the, this is the bottom line is that, you know, um, we have to really find things or at least explore our sexuality to really, really, f- I, I believe that there is this happiness when we're sexually satisfied, and you lead a, a a good life. I had a friend. I hadn't seen her in a while. And she was always, com- she's always complaining. I haven't gone on dates. I haven't gotten, you can see it. You can see the energy is just registered there. I hadn't seen her. She opened the door. I knew right away this, you know, she got laid. And I said that, I said that. <laughs> but because she was so happy, she was just like, she, her energy was very, very, different than, than when she's, when she's not living or tapping into that. And, you know, we talked about it and whatnot, but this is the thing is like, you you can either live like that. And if you're in a relationship, you know, find avenues and, you know, this is why BDSM is amazing. I think it's really healthy. And I think your program is amazing. It, 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 it helps you find things, discover, be more with yourself and, and what more and more, you know, but um um that you know, is that is to
2: your point about expo- exploration like that's I'm not sure if I said it last time but I really feel that sex is it is exploratory but then yeah, when yeah. you start talking about the actual exploratory part you that's when I think people don't really want to talk about it or we have this narrative that we shouldn't talk about the exploratory part because I find that when you do start talking about the exploratory part, exploratory part sorry, of sex, people really connect to it because we want to talk about it. We want more outlets to talk about sex. And I love even this program, all programs that really shine light on sexual wellness of how much you really need to bring it into your life to feel more complete as an individual,
0: we should be having these conversations with friends and family, and it shouldn't be some. Oh my God, why are you talk stop? I'm like die. That's Hebrew means stop, but I'm just like no. We <laughs> sh- we should be really taught. I was always that person, you know. I I can talk to you about different things, different subjects, and in relations to sex. But everybody, there's people that feel they don't feel comfortable. They think I'm perverted, and that's another thing too. There's that this notion. Oh, you're such a, per-. like, or they think like. Uh, I had someone tell me this recently, and I hope you're listening. He <laughs> he said, uh, we were having a conversation, and I was talking about the Tinder year in review and and, 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 G- and Generation Z, and he's like, you're so thirsty. I was like, what? I was like, this is what you're getting out of everything I gave, all the information, this is what you're gathering. And it's because, see this is the thing is I realized I'm here in an environment talking to people about something because everybody was drawn to the conversation and people like to hear stuff about sex and they're, they they will not admit it, but here was one person and I could tell them like, this is, this is it. This is exactly what we need to happen. We need to have these conversations because then it gets other people thinking and then you pass something, something full, you, you pay it forward in a, in a way that people can go home and, and start doing the research and start doing things.
2: Exactly. Like sometimes all it takes is for someone to look at you and say, did you know your sexual wellness is important to you? Yes. Did you know that you need to take care of it? Because like in the systems that we have here, sexual wellness is taught us that it's not important. It's not something you really should take into consideration. So sometimes we need to be reminded again, we don't know what we don't know. So there's lots of things about sex and it's something that you learn about all the time. And I I absolutely love it.
0: (laughs) Well, this is why I like your philosophy. You know, you, you, you say, um, and I'm going to quote you without a healthy outlet for each self-development is not possible.
2: No, I don't believe that. Yeah.
0: No, you, 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 I mean, you, you have that. And that's what I'm saying. Like, and, and, and that's what, and that's why I like about it. Like, you know, your program is there to teach people and guys, you got to check her out. She's amazing. And, and she really, you're always welcome back on the show. Oh, I, thank I, you. I
2: would love to come back. We, I would love to come we back. Can always- just, it's such an important <laughs> concept. And without these outlets, you can find stuck, like you'll be stuck in situations where we shouldn't be stuck and you want to grow and you want to blossom and, 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 there's so many things and you can go through and you can take care of your health and your mental health, your body and everything. And at the end of the journey, you might still feel like, I'm still missing something. I'm still missing something. And that's what I believe that the sexual wellness is. It's that key, that missing piece that people need to readjust and refocus and bring into their wellness as a more well, like not well, yeah, more well-rounded, I guess you could say.
0: Well, you you know, it goes back to what you say, you know, um, it's important because it, it, it it's it's kink wellness and, and what you talk about. I feel I like what you say because and this is all on her on her web page, guys. She talks about it, it gives us an opportunity to improve the ability to communicate uh, desire, outcome, awareness for kinky sexual wellness, uh, freedom to express our parts of 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 of, of you of us. Basic knowledge of BDSM and kink and and more and and that's where it starts and we can't listen. You can be spicy vanilla. I have no problem with this. People tell me. I had. I think I told you this. Someone told me. Oh, I'm vanilla. I'm like, well, you know, there's you can add sprinkles here and there. You don't. Vanilla has different flavors and different degrees of of intensity. You know, so it's all fine. But you, you want know.
2: the flavor. That's the mm-hmm. thing. When I hear people, they just want one flavor. It's like, why it's do fine. you want just one view of life? Why do you want just one experience? You should. The thing is, uh, I believe our soul wants more and more experiences and they want that joy. They want the full spectrum. So the good, the bad, the ugly, the grotesque, the beautiful, everything involved.
0: Well, Dana, thank you so much for being on the show and, and walking us through, um, aggression, imagination, and I forgot Uh, attention. (laughs) Yes. I should know this. Um, thank you so much. If people want to get a hold of you, how can they reach out to you and, and contact you about kinky uh, for, to, for, to, for your kink uh, coaching and whatnot?
2: Absolutely. So uh, I highly encourage you to check out my e-learning on thepartition.life, and if you want to stay up to date with all things kinky, please find me on Instagram at thepartition_life.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for today. I am your host Romeo,
1: and I'm your co-host Maria. Thanks, Dana, for being here, and good luck.
0: If you have Thank any. You. If you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to reach us out at whiskeysextalk at iCloud.com. That's whiskeysextalk at iCloud.com. Till next time.